0: I noticed that there was a, uh, some of you that might have been falling asleep during my sermon last Sunday, so I decided to wear this sweater, hopefully the, the intent that would wake you up a little bit. So all I have to do, if I see you falling asleep, I'll just sort of, sort of drift by you, and the brightness should wake you up, right? But uh, you know, I probably look like a bumblebee, don't I? So I'll just buzz back to the pulpit here, and uh, we'll start this message. Today we're going to be looking at several passages. The the, the main text we're going to start with is in Revelations uh, chapter 22, the last book of the Bible. Revelations chapter 22, looking at verse 17. But we're going to look at several passages throughout the uh, Gospels. And as we, uh, as Jerry and I, uh, we, we will be preaching a series of sermons that are focused on the life of Christ as we move towards the cross. And uh, as we move towards that uh, 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 third Sunday of next month, where we celebrate uh, the the uh, 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 Palm Sunday, and, and then we celebrate Easter and the Resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. So uh, this is we're going to be looking at the uh, so in the series we're going to be looking at the cross, we're going to be looking at uh, salvation. And today uh, we're going to look at several invitations throughout the Gospels that God uh, extends to us as as, as, uh, people uh, here on this this planet. But uh, invitations, uh, I I have seen all kinds of invitations throughout my life. Uh, Imagine some of y'all have seen some pretty wild invitations, some pretty outlandish invitations. Maybe they were your own wedding invitations, I don't know. I've seen some. I've seen some really awesome ones. Some really beautiful invitations. I've seen invitations come to me in the mail. I've seen invitations come by way. Especially since I've been in the army and we're all, all uh, computerized, a lot of invitations come to chaplains uh, to come and do the invocation for ceremonies and things. And so I'll get you get an invitation. It's one of those uh, electronic invites and. You, you click on where it says RSVP and then all of a sudden this incredible invitation opens up and and you plug in the information and let them know you're coming. But uh, I've, I've, I've received all kinds of invitations. I've also received some invitations that were just simple invitations to maybe uh, to uh, spend time with someone or to go... Uh, maybe have a, a, a like a not a dinner date, but like a dinner fellowship where they invite the family to come over and enjoy a meal with their family, or different kinds of invitations. There's been invitations that I have uh, responded to, and I've and I've gone uh, and and uh, and took took people up on that invitation and went and and had great fellowship and and uh, was glad I went. And then I think there have been times in my life where. Uh, there has been an invitation, and even with God, where he has invited me into an opportunity to reach out to someone or to reach out to him in time of trouble, and I've pushed his hand away, and I've ignored his invitation. Now, look back on those times, and I remember, you know, that uh, how I regretted not responding to God's invitations, or even that uh, invitation from another human being to uh, to to go and fellowship with that person, and, and realizing maybe maybe some of y'all have done this, where you've uh, received an invitation uh, to a party or a cookout, and and you wound up getting distracted, and you got there really late, and it was almost over, and people are leaving, and you notice that everybody is really having a good time, and. And, and, and it seemed like, man, that was a really good party. And then you think, man, I missed it. I missed that opportunity to enjoy that fellowship and that camaraderie and, and the laughter and the good times. And you realize you missed out. Well, you know, the Bible is full of His gracious invitations that are extended to us. And the best news for the lives of people can be found right here in this Bible and in the invitation that the Bible contains. The Bible would be a great book even if it contained only one gracious invitation from God to humans. However from beginning to end it contains a series of invitations that we will look at. The God who made man and placed him in a beautiful garden with beloved companionship and with a pleasant occupation has been seeking to create within humans a condition that would make possible the restoration of that precious fellowship that they no longer enjoy by nature. As we come to the last chapter of the Bible and almost to the very last verse, it is evident that the Holy Spirit of God led the inspired writer, the Apostle John, to repeat God's great invitation just one more time. There is something very dramatic about God's final recorded invitation. And if you study it closely, you will find that all of the persuasive powers of divine love are wrapped up in this verse. And I want to like to read these verses to you. And it says in, uh, I'm going to start with verse 12, actually, because I want you to get the whole context in which uh, uh, this, this was written by John. And, and, and these words are from Jesus. And he says, And Jesus said, And behold, I am coming quickly, quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Verse 14, blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. And then Jesus said, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. And then verse 17. Here's this final invitation that God gives in His Holy Scriptures. He says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires... Let him take the water of life freely. Wow. This text encourages people to recognize the hunger for God in their hearts and to respond to the divine invitation to find life in its fullness. You know, I've said before, I say it again, I believe that God has created each each of us. We know the Bible says that God has created us in his own image. And I believe that God has created in us this, this vacuum or this, this desire, this longing to fellowship with Him. But this is the sole purpose for what we are created for was to worship God, to, to have fellowship with a holy God. And so we, uh, we see that this text encourages and recognizes that there is this hunger within man. This hunger within uh, humankind to want to be with God, to want to fellowship with God. And, and, and now God extends that invitation to us one last time in, this, in these holy scriptures. But that invitation will not always be there. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. It is interesting to note in studying the life and the ministry of our Lord how often words of invitation fell from his lips? Let us look at some of these, uh, these gracious invitations. On one occasion, our Lord, with deep pathos, expressed regret that people were refusing to come to Him to receive life. It grieves God when He extends that invitation to us, and we turn from Him and we refuse. His invitation. On another occasion, He said, I am come I am come, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Wow, what an invitation. What a, what a, uh, a statement Jesus made that, that he was, basically He was saying that I have come not only to offer you life, but to offer it abundantly. And the amazing thing was that as Jesus stood there and as He said those words, He is life. He is Jesus. He is the Lamb of God. He is I am. He is the promise. And Jesus stood there and he says, I have come that you might not only have life, but, and, and he says, and, and, and what he was trying to, I believe he was trying to say, was that is, this is not just life after death, this is not just eternal life. And, and a lot of times we think of salvation in terms of something that we receive after we die and go on from this life and we go on to a better life we hear that term used a lot you know well they're now you know enjoying a better life they're in a better place but jesus said that you can enjoy that right now you don't have to wait till you die to enjoy god's abundant life to to partake of the living waters that i have to offer to you i extend them to you One of Jesus' parables deals with this gracious invitation. In uh, Luke chapter 14, verses 16 through 23, the parable of the great supper. And in ver- Starting in verse 15, it says, Now when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground, and, and I must uh I, I, you know I I've got to go and see to it. I've got to take care of it. I ask you to, to to uh, ask you to have, uh, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and and I am going to test them and I and I ask you to to excuse me as well. Still another said, I have married a wife. Oh wow, that's a new one. Blame it on the wife, huh? I have I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Here we have a God. How many of you have ever received an invitation to go to a, a really prominent banquet? Maybe where there was someone who was very important. Do you remember what that was like or how excited you were? And here, God, the Maker of heaven and earth, extends this invitation to come dine with Him. The King of kings and the Lord of lords wants to have a banquet with us. And I think it's interesting that, it's, it's that that he had to compel the servant to go out into the places. You know, he, he wanted to offer it to his people first, to the people he knew. But yet they refused him. And so he goes to the highways and the byways and to the uh, behind the hedges and wherever he could find them and compelled them to come in. And I believe, and I'd like to say, that I I believe that that's what Chapel Next is about. That we are a chapel that is a friend to sinners. And that we compel those in the highways and the byways to come in and to receive from God, to fellowship with Him. Invite you to, to know God, for He is good. He is a good God. Jesus came offer forgiveness to those who have sinned against God. He invited people to come to Him for forgiveness. Christ came to give life to those who are in spiritual death. He invites people to come in to Him that they might have life. Not only does Jesus extend this invitation to come for life, but He also extends an invitation to come for fruitfulness. In Mark, chapter 1, verse 17. Mark chapter 1, verse 17. And I'm going to once again, I'm going to move back a little bit to verse 14 to get the context of what uh, was being said here. And this is where Jesus begins his Galilean ministry. And now after John was put in prison, and this is right after uh, Satan had tempted Jesus, and uh, Jesus had been uh, fasting and and so here he is uh, uh, starting his Galilean ministry. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Mm, wow. You know, do we realize, and I wonder if they, they probably did not even understand who it was that was speaking to them. Who it was that was saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. What, do they, what, what does Jesus mean, the kingdom of God is at hand? Is He talking about the Davidic kingdom that's going to come back and, and be restored? Or is He talking about maybe something a little bit more? He was referring to Himself. The kingdom of God is at hand as He stood there before them and said those words, Jesus is the kingdom of God. He is the promise. He is the great I Am. And there He extends this invitation. And I go on further and it says in verse 16, And as He walked by the Sea of Galilee, He saw Simon and Andrew, His brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, Follow Me, and I will make you become fishers of men. I appreciate the testimony of our brother earlier uh, in the service when he talked about discipleship and how God has given us a, a, the great commission that he has commanded us as his believers that we ought to share the gospel, that we ought to share that great news, extend that invitation to others. Salvation in our lives, uh, the salvation of our soul, the love of God, and the grace of God demands service from us. It commands that we serve Him and that we serve others. Perhaps the fishermen to whom our Lord spoke had been the disciples of John the Baptist, I think we are safe in assuming that they had already been following Jesus for some time and, and listening to Him and, and heard what He had to say and that and they uh, had begun to trust Him. Maybe John the Baptist sent Him. And uh, if they had been following John the Baptist and heard His teachings, they knew that this Messiah was to come. And now John's saying, it, it's, it's the one I have been speaking of. There He is. You go follow Him. You need to follow Him now. He is the bread of life. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is the great I Am. Follow Jesus. And so they followed Jesus. And He called them to a life of discipleship that would produce great fruitfulness if they would forsake their nets and follow Him. You know, I think sometimes one of the uh, judgments... For Christians, there's a lot of speculation of how this would look like. But I kind of think sometimes there's going to be a great day of weeping when I stand before God and and I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life, but then Jesus will, will show me all the things, all the opportunities to impact people's lives that I had missed because I was disobedient. But then He'll wipe away every tear from our eyes at that moment. But I think we need to understand that uh, that God has given us this great commission. He has given us an invitation to become fishers of men. That He has given us this opportunity that we can impact people's lives. As ordinary people, we can do extraordinary things for Him. Wow. Wow. What an invitation God has extended to His people. Our Lord is eager to do something more than just give us a ticket to heaven. He wants to lead us to true fulfillment in life. In order to do this, we must forsake our self-centeredness and give ourselves unreservedly to the service of our Lord and to the ministries of mercy to others. It is not just my responsibility as the chaplain. It is not just the responsibility of the minister or the deacons to fulfill God's great commission. That great commission was intended for every believer in Jesus Christ. And we must take that seriously. Not because we're going to be punished if we don't, but because we'll miss out if we don't that God has so much for us. He has so much opportunity to bless us when we reach out to others and to see that happen. How many of you have ever had that opportunity? Maybe you have had that opportunity to share the the good news, to share the gospel with someone who had never heard it before. And, and, And you've befriended them and spent time with them, talked to them, and you saw them over a period of time, maybe even right there on that day, You saw them pray that sinner's prayer and you saw them come to know Jesus. Wow, what a thrilling moment to know that God worked His grace and His love and forgiveness through you to touch that person's life. That's just one example of how God uses us and how He can bless us and He gives us this invitation. Jesus invites us to life A life of abundance and prosperity beyond our wildest imagination. Jesus also invites us to come and to find relief and rest. In in Matthew chapter 11, Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And Jesus says come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow. What an incredible invitation that God extends to us that we can come to him just as we are. And that's, that's I think, another theme of Chapel Next that we wish to have and and I believe that God's church ought to have is is to be a church that is a come as you are. You come just as you are. Hurting, bleeding, broken, in sorrow, grieved, depressed, in pain. Whatever... Uh, yoke that you are carrying, whatever burden that you are carrying with you. Maybe you've carried this uh, a certain burdens for a long time. And you, uh, maybe you haven't been willing to forgive yourself for something that you have done in the past. And, and you carry this burden of guilt upon you and this burden of shame. And Jesus invites to you that you don't have to carry that burden anymore. He offers forgiveness that He can take that burden off of you. He says His cloak is light. His, his joke is light. It's it's easy. All you have to do is come to him, just as you are. You know, I've, I've once said that someone I was all sharing the gospel with them and and trying to explain to them that we have to come to God just as we are. That we can't clean up our lives. That we can't uh, make things better uh, by straightening this out and this and this thing out and. And, uh, and, and taking care of this business and, and hey, I, you know, I, I can manage my, you know, I, I know that my life seems to be out of control, but I can manage it. But you can't. And you, you don't get cleaned up before you get into the shower, do you? Or get into the tub. You get into the tub to get cleaned up. And God offers you this invitation to come to Him just as you are, a poor sinner. And He will give you rest and relief. He will forgive you of your sins. He will give you new life. Jesus invites us to come for insight and understanding. In John chapter 1, verse 39. John chapter 1, verse 39 And I want to start again with verse 35. It says, again, the next day John stood with two of his disciples, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. And this is what I was talking about earlier, about how John the Baptist uh, had his disciples. He said, look, there's Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following said to them, what do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? And in verse 39, he said to them, come and see. He didn't say, you know, let me, let me get my house in order first. Let me get things uh, fixed up for you and prepare a nice supper for you and everything. He just says, You want to find out what I'm about come and stay with me stay with me the Bible says that Jesus had no home he had no place to lay his head so he just went about and so the disciples they were they were thirsty and they were hungry for righteousness because they had been following this Jesus they were followers of uh, of John the Baptist and now they were followers of Jesus and and so they were hungry and thirsty for righteousness and what are the beatitudes? Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be satisfied. So God offers us this invitation that we can come and learn from Him. That we can, uh, as as the Holy Spirit comes to dwell in us, that we gain insight and understanding. It says in Corinthians that uh, the 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 Word of God is is holy, and that uh, that. Spi- that a natural man cannot understand the spiritual things of God, for they are spiritually appraised. But a spiritual man, one who has the the living God living within us, a a believer, can understand the words of of God and can understand the Holy Scriptures. Disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus because of their curiosity, their deep hunger for insight into the meaning of His ministry and their desire for a better grasp of the purposes of God. The Lord was gracious to them. He invited them to spend the day with Him. Imagine that. Wow. To spend the day with Jesus. To spend the day with God in the flesh. Hmm. Our Lord continues to extend this invitation to us. Come and see. We have the guidance of the Holy Spirit as we study and pray and enter into a, uh, an understanding and the meaning and the purpose of life. Our Lord is eager to give us this light for the road ahead. He will provide it with wisdom. Enoch walked with God and the children of God can walk and talk with the living Christ today if they will only trust and obey. Then lastly, Jesus invites us to enter his heavenly home. As our Lord approached the end of his public ministry, he spoke of preparing a place for those who loved him and followed him. He spoke of the mansion of the heavenly father in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. And so God provides this invitation that He has a place for us. So not only does God provide, uh, uh, offer this invitation to have fellowship with Him right here and now, to enjoy that life abundantly, but He doesn't leave us without hope of something in the future either. He lets us know, Jesus lets us know in those verses that, yeah, your, your, your future, or your Your life is secure right here and now. You believe in me, you will step into eternity. Right at that moment. But I also have something to look forward to. Be a heaven beyond our imagination. I love that song, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. We can only imagine what heaven will be like. But it will be I mean, so beyond what we could ever imagine what that would be like. And imagine your best day where it just seems like everything went well and then God was just in you know, just incredible fellowship with God and something just way beyond that. And God, So God doesn't just promise Himself here and now, but He also promises us our future that our future in Him is secure the invitation in our text is the most gracious invitation ever extended It is given by God the Father God the Son and God the Holy Spirit it is given also by the church and by the individual Christian it is understood by the man who has in his heart a yearning for the bread of life and the water of life. This gracious invitation offers salvation and security, forgiveness and cleansing. Eternal life is the gift of God, is the will of God that people respond to his invitation in order to receive the blessings that he offers. If you have not yet come to Jesus Christ for life and for forgiveness, You would be exceedingly wise to do so now. Life is like a mist; it is here one second, gone the next. Spend the rest of your life recognizing, responding to the gracious invitations of the Lord. And as Mike comes forward and uh, and the worship team comes forward and leads us in our last song, I want you to just uh, before you stand. Uh, you can stand. Go ahead and stand. But I want every eye bowed. Every eye bowed. Maybe you've come here this morning, and after hearing this invitation from God, you've realized that you've never responded to God's invitation to you to receive His grace and His love. And I want to offer to you the opportunity right there where you are to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you would like to do that and you feel that God has is touched your heart this morning and you and you feel